It's Nolan and Nolan bringing you the BB3 podcast. Welcome, everybody, to episode four of the PP3 podcast, hosted by Nolan Keogh and Nolan Wyatt. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. We got a big, big episode, lots of NHL talk, a couple trades that went down, a couple jersey retirements. But first off, let's do our weekly check-in with Mr. Nolan Wyatt. Nolo, how's your week, bud? Uh, what's shaking? Can we get a round of snaps for that intro, everybody? electric in had here to already had to bring the heat oh i'm feeling it already man ah my week my week's been good dude first week back of school after reading break you know that's always a kick in the dick but made it through um you know what i didn't make it through is my accounting exam sound <laughs> but hey we bounced back other than that it was a great week um yeah not much to do first week retired technically um no games this weekend was just kind of keeping up with the vi playoffs working a little bit and yeah, no, just soaking up the Sunday, hoping for a snow day tomorrow. Yeah, it's absolutely pouring down snow here in uh, Nanaimo, BC. And one thing that you didn't mention, uh, you're starting to uh, get on the ice coaching a little bit. Yeah. And a couple uh, coaching offers for next year. Uh, that's uh, some good news for the co-host yeah, here. How's uh, how, how are you liking that? It's pretty fun so far. Right now I'm skating, um, kind of working kids through some systems and stuff like that. And I'm also going out in full gear. So when it's like battle drills, I get to go in and mix it up. Kind of idea is to toughen the kids Ruffle up a little up. bit, basically. So I brought out Dicer to one of the skates on last Thursday. And we get out there and it all's going well. We're both pretty bagged after like going after these midget kids, like midget age group kids. Actually, U18 age group kids. <laughs> you can't say midget anymore. <laughs> no, you can't. <laughs> it's offensive. But anyways, um, going out with the U18 group and roughing them up a bit. It's already tiring. And then we get into a scrimmage. So Dice is leading this like probably like 5'7", 120-pound soaking wet kid up the wall. And the shift before, the coach gave me shit for not finishing a check. So Dice is leading this kid up the wall. Puck goes in his feet. And I came across and... I Chris Chelios' shoulder right through like the chest and blew up this kid. And at first I was like, fuck yeah, sit down, boy. And then I realized that I got five years and 100 pounds on this kid. But needless to say, it was a sick hit. But yeah, that's about sums up my coaching so far. And as far as next year, I mean, a couple opportunities potentially in, in the VI again. So, you know, my retirement might be short-lived, but... We'll see, man. But other than that, how's your week been? What have you been up to? Uh, week's been good, buddy. Um, not getting up too much. Got a couple tests coming up uh, next week. Eager the golf, man. I hate seeing the snow yeah. come down. It's It was it's, just about to break through. It's golfing season. Yeah. I want to get out there and swing the club. So hopefully this snow clears up and uh, we can get on the links pretty soon. Yeah, but, absolutely. Uh, transitioning over to the NHL, there was a lot of news that happened this past week. First off, maybe the game of the year so far. The Chicago Blackhawks versus the Detroit Red Wings. A lot going on. Uh, we'll start off talking about the Chris Chelios jersey retirement. As a, I guess, new head in the hockey, not really knowing much about the old age other than obviously the uh, the legends like Gretzky, Lemieux, didn't really know a lot about Chris Chelios until I watched his jersey retirement ceremony. And 
wow, just a Chicago icon, born in Chicago, gets to play there for nine years, and what a career he had. He had he's a three-time Norris winner, three-time Stanley Cup winner, seven-time first-team All-Star. He's in the Hall of Fame. He also was the USA captain for three years and also captained the Blackhawks for four years. And I didn't know, after nine years with the Blackhawks, he's the all-time PIMS leader. And he also, I think we got the stats up here for, uh, he played 27 years, yeah, was it? Yeah, 27 years for Chris Chelios in the shit. NHL. And that doesn't come around, that's not easy. No, he's I also mean, the all-time leader in games played by a defenseman with 1,651. And fuck, I feel like an idiot not knowing who this guy is. An absolute American legend. Yeah. And... Uh, what a career he had. He played that type of fuck you game yeah, where you get in his style. face. Yeah. This guy was the sheriff, man. I mean, if I was on the ice with Chris Chelios, I'm sure guys back then were just shitting their pants. Oh, yeah. Imagine seeing lining up against that guy. He's got you by 17 years, and he's fucking built like, I don't know. He's jacked still, dude. I saw him at that um, retirement thing. He's 60-something years old now, and he's still built like... He looks like he's in his mid-40s. It's crazy. That guy That guy is uh, in great shape. So I couldn't imagine what he was like in his playing days, but definitely not a guy I'd like to fuck with. No, he's not a very big guy either, so watching his highlights and seeing uh, the big hits that he was playing and just getting in everyone's face, it's it's impressive to see at that, uh, at that height. And he wasn't... He didn't weigh that much, but fuck, he was built like a brick shithouse. Like, yeah. Just so solid. And um, he had a big call out during his ceremony. It says, uh, Patty Kane, best American player of all time. Says that he's going to, he he will eventually get his jersey mm-hmm. retired by Chicago. That's oh, yeah. a no brainer, but fuck. We'll, had, we'll go into that game. Patty Kane, wow. It's like a movie watching that Scripted. game. Gets the breakaway in overtime. Little Patty Kane shoulder shrug, top right, fuck, and then looks at the crowd. It's showtime. It's, it's showtime. showtime. God, that the, just gives you chills. That it's, place was rocking, man. I, like there were some things I was reading said it was like never been or hasn't been that electric in there since like the 2010 run while Kane was in his prime. So pretty cool that he got to go to Chicago and do it, man. Like you said, it's stuff right out of a movie. Yeah, like game of the year. So far. I, I don't. I, I don't think another game like that. That. For a regular season game, that's on par with, I think, a Stanley Cup final game. Like, just the the events that were going on, Chris Chelios, Jersey retirement, Kaner with his first game back, and just the way it ended yeah. and everything that happened, just an electric game. Yeah, it was crazy. How about Bedard giving uh, Kane a shot in the corner? Did you oh, see that? yeah, yeah, I did see yeah. that. And, and then, then Kaner after the game was like, uh, he's lucky he had his bubble on or yeah, something like that. would have went after that fucking kid. <laughs> but yeah, it's pretty cool. And and um, yeah, it's cool to see like the two generations of skill guys like going at it. Like Kaner's on his way out and still like dominating and Bedard's coming in and Patty Kane was pumping Bedard's tires about his shot and it's just like creativity. It's pretty cool to see like to like the future of the game and kind of like on his way out the past of the mm-hmm. game but obviously a legend yeah and uh the block or the pardon me the detroit red wings like we mentioned patty kane got the overtime winner and they've worked themselves into a playoff spot um a month ago they were kind of mid again kind of hanging around the um eight or I guess 10 11 spot in the Eastern Conference and they've worked themselves up into the wild card one spot and wow just a great Eastern Conference going on right now same with the West the playoff 
they're, com- they're coming alive, I guess to say. Uh, we got the Panthers right now in the one spot. It looks like if things continue the way they are, they're going to be playing the Lightning. The Wings would play the Rangers. Uh, Nola, what's your thoughts on this playoff race so far? So far, I love it. It's different. There's a lot of dogs in this race this year. It's cool. Like Obviously, there's the front runners, but the teams that are kind of scrapping into playoffs this year are a little bit different than we usually see. Like haven't seen the Red Wings in a while. The Flyers have been out for a little bit. Um, and then you got to see guys like the Predators getting back into it and the Canucks looking to make a deep run. And it's cool. Like a lot more dogs in this race, which makes makes it a lot more entertaining. And the other two potential matchups, if it playoffs were to start today in the East right now, um, hurt my Flyers would take on the Hurricanes and Honestly, with how they've stacked up against each other this year, I'm not too sure the head-to-head, but I would not be surprised if the Flyers could squeak out a playoff series. Yeah, they've been hot. Arison's been playing really good. That was their number one worry after, obviously, the uh, Team Canada stuff going on and Carter Hart having to take a leave of absence. Arison's been He's been hot, man. He's been playing really good for them. And um, with... Dries, or Drysdale getting injured, that's a big blow yeah, for your boys. It is. Um, what do you think is going to happen? Do you think they'll add anything? Honestly, or? man, right now with what they have, I don't see them making a big splash at the deadline this year. I mean, even with Drysdale going down, they're in a they're in a playoff spot right now just like out of sheer will. Like they willed themselves into like that lower seed playoff spot. And regardless, I don't think it's like – having a guy like Drysdale in or having a Drysdale quality D-man back there with them is going to do a whole lot to kind of like get them into a playoff spot with what they're already doing. Like they you just, don't think it affects them at all? Having I Drysdale think it doesn't out? affect them to the point where they need to go and blow up their back end to get some pieces and stuff like that. They don't need to go sell the team. They don't have to sell the farm this year. Flyers have always frustrated me because they've never done enough. Like they're like always like can't commit to a rebuild. And this is kind of the year where things are looking good. Torts is taking the reins, and he's turning them into a gritty playoff team again. And it's exciting to see. But as far as Torts is the first coach or first year of this, as coach, I just I really don't see any crazy changes happening at the deadline in Philly. But I could be wrong. You um, don't. So you see them just kind of staying the same. I say maybe some playoffs? maybe some minor adjustments, some but there's pieces. there's not going to be any. I don't think they get rid of Lawton. I don't think they get rid of. Connect me. I don't think they get Carter Hart back, Sonk. Um, but yeah, I think the Flyers kind of stay as they are. Yeah, I'd be surprised if they made any big changes, especially with the way their um, season's gone this year. They come into the year not very high expectations, and now they're doing so well. It doesn't really make sense to buy, give a lot of assets away for now when you don't really know if this is a one-off and then Mm. the sell it it doesn't make sense to sell when you're in a playoff spot so um i agree with you i think they'll probably they probably won't do much they maybe just a couple depth pieces maybe another fourth line center backup goalie backup goalie yeah yeah, that would be that would actually that's probably the one move that i could see them making is maybe a goaltender yeah bring in a, a depth probably not like there's some rumors going around with Jacob Marks, Markstrom and uh, UC Saros. I don't think anything no, that big. Crazy. They don't have the room for it. No, but um, just like I'm, I don't even know what goalies would maybe be on the market. No idea, man. I'd have to take a look at it. But as of right now, I could see them just grabbing like a, a bona fide second string goalie because right now they have Sandstrom back there as their third. And he had a great game last night in Ottawa, um, steal them a big two points they needed. But he's just so inconsistent. Like, 
uh, that guy's giving up like just goal after goal. So they really do need like a little bit of something more solid back there behind Arison. If Arison can keep up, because realistically Arison should just be a backup. Yeah, pro- yeah, probably. Just he's had a good uh, stretch here in the last couple yeah, games, but it's nice to see. realistically, you can't really hope for that to go into play. Maybe he does get hot though. You know, like you never know. Dude. You saw it with Vegas last year, Aiden Hill yeah. comes out of nowhere as a third string goalie, and now, now he's, he's their starter. Bank. Now he's a t- top five goalie in the yeah, league, it's arguably. Crazy. So you never know. That yeah. could happen with Arison. But so, yeah. looking so, at the other teams in the Eastern Conference, we got uh, Rangers have been hot recently same with the Panthers just kind of taking away the uh Eastern Conference them the Bruins and uh or pardon me the Rangers Florida and the Bruins are all teams with 80 points only 80 point teams in the Eastern Conference and then we're looking at the wild card spots here Tampa's in the second spot Detroit's in the first spot and then you got Capitals who are five points back from Tampa New Jersey's been struggling they're six points back Islanders are six points back and the Penguins are just – don't even get me started on the Penguins. They're eight <laughs> points back. Um, do you think this wild card situation kind of stays the same? Do you think Detroit and Tampa get the, that one and two spot, or do you think any of the uh, kind of creeping teams get in? The only team that I could see maybe crawling up back into the race is New Jersey with the firepower they have up front. But, I mean, Buffalo, Pittsburgh – um, Washington, New York. They might as well already be on the golf course, dude. Yeah. <laughs> to me, like, they're just playing for, like, dra- like nothing right now because they're in, like, kind of the hunt, but they're not getting a good enough draft pick. They are just had one of those really shitty, mediocre years that doesn't amount to much. So I think those guys are out of the out of the race for sure. But New Jersey can't count them out. They got three games in hand on Tampa, six games or six point back. So realistically, they win three of their – three of those games and they're dead even with Tampa so it could be a dogfight a little race in the end to see who gets in but wouldn't be surprised I think it's going to be Detroit Tampa New Jersey in the Eastern Conference wild card one of those two of those three teams yeah I think New Jersey if they want to get in they got to trade a goalie for a goalie because as was as we're up today as we're recording they just played the LA Kings and got whooped 5-1 Dawes let in I think Four goals on thirteen shots. shots. I think. Holy, just rough things. They don't have a goalie with a subpar nine hundred save percentage. So yeah. if they want to get in, they're going to be looking for a goalie with term. Um, I think Markstrom with his age, that doesn't make much sense. So if they are going to make a move for a goalie, I think it's going to be a big one with Soros. But I don't think they get in. I think I could see Tampa and Detroit being those last two teams that are in and. We'll shift our focus over to the uh, Western Conference here. Dallas has been playing great. Winnipeg's been playing great. The Canucks and the other teams in the Pacific Conference have kind of been mediocre the last uh, two weeks. Edmonton's creeped up into that third spot in the Pacific. Kings have dropped down to the one wild card, even though they've been hot their last ten. Uh, seven and three after their big win today. So I think uh, after that coaching change, that really changed things. Pure looked Dubois, he I think, good, he's, dude. He's yeah, he's look, he's close to a point per game. Mm-hmm. So that's a big player that uh, they need to have producing if they want to have a playoff run. But going down to the wild card spot, the other team in that is the Nashville Predators, who've been absolutely buzzing. They're on an eight game win streak right now. Just had a big win uh, last night. Um, Noel, what, what's your thoughts on the Western Conference? Calgary's been hot as well. They had a really good win last uh, last night. Last night was the, the best Penn. I've seen the Flames play in a long time. 
3-2 in the third. They just never gave up. I was watching it, and Calgary just hung on to that game, hung around to the bitter end. Like Those are the hardest teams to play against are the teams that just don't quit, and Calgary found a way to get it to overtime, and uh, or it didn't even take overtime. They found a way to find the back of the net. 52 seconds left tied in the it, third. And then a beautiful goal to end it, 4-3 in regulation uh, to kind of... St- Shock the already floundering Penguins, yeah. man. Like, just another nail in the coffin in Pittsburgh, I think. Oh, but they're fucking horrible. It was cool to see Calgary kind of have a good game because they're a team I like to follow, but they're just so abysmal. But eight and th- eight and seven and three in their last ten. Uh, yeah, with so, their win last night, I think they're yeah they're seven or th- seven and three or eight and two. They're yeah, on five game five game heater, so that's good to know. But yeah, and then speaking of teams in the West, like Dallas, obviously the front runners. And speaking of Dallas. Um, Logan Stankoven, oh. what a fucking welcome wow. to the league for the kid. Four games for the BC product, and he had four points already, three goals and an assist. Three goals. Just Jeez. going right to the mixer, doing what he does, and just can shoot from anywhere, from any angle. I mean, his first NHL goal on his 21st birthday was a beauty. He just follows it up, off balance, just snipes it short side like he's been doing his whole career, and it was cool to see, and I mean, I think I speak for everybody that's played against him or grown up kind of hearing his name. Um, going up through hockey is, is stoked to hear it. Like, you love seeing somebody that you kind of followed growing up be successful. So, I mean, it's cool to see, and I know we're we're fired up for you. Yeah, um, it's going to be weird to see what Dallas does because the only reason why Stank is up right now is because of injuries. So he deserves to stay he like you look at how he's been playing. He's been playing with Jamie Ben and I think uh, Wyatt Johnson, and which is a good line. He's been playing great. He's averaging around fourteen, fifteen minutes a night, and he's just buzzing on that line. So it's gonna be. Uh, do they send him down? I he shouldn't be. He's too good for the AHL. You see him and uh, Maverick uh, Bork. I think is the other prospect in the AHL. They've both just been ripping it up. So yeah, um, but. It's a weird situation with Dallas. Like they they got some guys out who are going to be coming back in in the next little bit. Like, what do they do? Obviously, he deserves to stay, but yeah. Before when it comes to Cap, before like, his call up to the NHL, Logan Stankoven had fifty seven points in forty seven games in his first year of pro hockey. Twenty four goals and thirty three assists as a twenty year old kid playing professional hockey against men. He's all star this year too. All star. He just looks like. I mean, it shocks me still how many teams kind of passed up on him, but Dallas found a good one, and I'm, I hope he sticks up there because he's fun to watch playing with those big dogs like Jamie Benn. Yeah, and looking at the second team in the Central Conference, Winnipeg Jets, they have been on an absolute heater as well since picking up Sean Monahan. What a fit he's been. Mm-hmm. First game back in Calgary, I think that was maybe his fifth game, fifth or fourth game with Winnipeg, gets a hat trick. He looks great on that team. Um, they got a couple games in hand over the Dallas Stars and the Canucks for first in the Western Conference. Who do you think ends up squeaking this Western Conference? Do you think Winnipeg ends up getting it? <sighs> Who else is up there with them right now? It's kind of like a three horror. I yeah, Colorado's up there as yeah. well. They got seventy nine points. Three games more than Winnipeg though, and yeah. they're tied. So I don't know, dude. Dallas to me has been had some shitty shitty games lately um it's like when they fall apart they fall apart big colorado absolutely smoked them a couple nights ago um they just walked all over them and those are two teams fighting for the western conference spot so right now it's too hard to say 
Um, the team that I would love to see come out of it is Winnipeg. I love cheering for the Canadian teams, obviously, and they're just a, a defensively sound team with like a little bit of a little bit of flair, like very underrated forwards, like Kyle Connor. Come on, he's nasty. Him and Ehlers, I love. I love watching Ehlers yeah. play. Um, they just buzz around on the ice. Buzz they're around, so good. go about their business. They play the game the right way, and they're just fun to watch, man. Kyle Connor is absolutely electric, and he's he's underrated, dude. Oh yeah. Like, I, what I, was that game we watched? We went last. We went last yeah. year. A couple a uh, couple of the boys on the Gens team went down there, and uh, we watched the Canucks versus Winnipeg game, and Canucks got blown out. I think it was five one or four yeah. one. Um, that team, they're legit. They came into the season with not very high expectations. People were counting them out. I didn't know why. Like you, you got a number one goalie in the league, arguably the best goalie in the league right now yeah, with Connor Hellebuck. This year. Yeah, like you, you can't, you can never count a team out that has that good of a goalie. Like you look at the Preds this year; mm-hmm. they didn't have very high expectations. But when you got a solid goalie that can save you some games and can win you 10 to 15 games a year yeah all by himself you can't count those teams out Mm -hmm. anything to add Nolo well yeah just to touch back on Sean Monaghan since he's came over in at the start of the year 49 games played 35 points with Montreal and that's only 13 goals and in the 11 games he's played since coming over to Winnipeg he has seven goals and an assist for eight points in 11 games so I mean, he's kind of like we said in our I think it was our very first episode we talked about it. We we thought that he'd kind of sneak in and just be a sneaky little goal scorer in Winnipeg. Second line center, he just, fits in perfectly. And he's doing it well, man. Like just under a point per game and most of them being goals is is pretty good stat line. So, Winnipeg is another threat this year. It's cool to see a couple Canadian teams absolutely like on the hunt. Yeah, I think this is the best year in a long time where we have multiple Canadian teams who have a chance to win the cup mm-hmm. this year. Uh, one team that we didn't touch on, uh, another Canadian team. I hate them. You love them. The mm-hmm. Toronto Maple Leafs. Love uh, them. They've been buzzing recently. They're finally getting the goaltending they need out of Ilya Samsonov. And Joseph Wool's back. They're playing great. They are absolutely buzzing. Matthews is, I think he's going to get 70 no problem. I think so. Uh, what's your thoughts on this team? I, as a Flyers fan, like the Leafs are my Canadian team. It's my dad's favorite team. It's my brother's favorite team. Like, so I've always grown up hearing about the Leafs, and so I can never like stay away from them. I've always kind of been a bit of a fan, but man, they're hot right now. Ever since Ridley Gregg buried the dagger with that <laughs> empty net slap shot, that little prick, Morgan Riley stepped up, said, "Fuck that! You're not doing that in Toronto." Gave him the shot, get the suspension. That was the change. I that think was they the needed. change, man. I think it woke them up, and they're like, "Let's play for Morgan Riley. Let's play for our veteran defender back there that's stepping up about." like stepping up for the organization and take no shit kind of way. And I think since then the boys rallied and they played for him and they won every single game on his suspension and some, I'm pretty sure. And Matthews has slowed down a little bit in that win streak, but it's, it's cool. Like when Matthews isn't producing as much, the Leafs seem to be doing better. So I don't know, man, like it's cool. It's good to see in Toronto. It is, yeah, it is cool to see. Um, I hate them, though. I can't stand the Leafs. I think it's just the fan base and Toronto sports media in general. I, I can't stand them. But their boss, Sheldon Keefe, uh, fuck, he came out hot on Tuesday. Uh, Tuesday night, Sheldon Keefe was ejected from the game after a questionable trip from Mitch Marner on Chandler Stevenson. After the replay went on the Jumbotron, 
Keith was chucking F-bombs left, right, and center and was absolutely letting the refs hear it. After the game, Keith declined to talk about the refing and getting the boot from the game and was later assessed a 25K fine from the league. Ouch. Ouch. Um, Pocket I change. saw the play was, it's soft. Like It's a soft call. It's a soft league now, though. Like... Fuck, the refing this year has been very inconsistent in what and what isn't penalties, man. Like I, you see that happen, and they call it, and then you'll see it happen five more times in the game, and it doesn't happen. Yeah, it doesn't get the call. It's it's inconsistent. Like I think the players just want to know like where the line is, like what is going to get called and what's not. Because like you said, it's soft. Could go either way, but when you're not calling it the rest of the game, it's a bit frustrating. So I totally understand. Where Sheldon keeps coming from, I'm pretty sure the Leafs got throttled in that game, didn't they? Yeah, they lost. I think it was uh, against Vegas or something. Yeah, it was against Vegas. Yeah. It was an empty net goal at the yeah. end to seal it five um, two. Other than that, they've been hot, and I just don't like how the 25k fine. I, I get maybe kicking him out of the game if he if he doesn't stop barking at the refs, but a 25k fine. What are you doing, Batman? Like that's a car. It's they need to have accountability when the calls are wrong and. Leads me into my next question for you. Do you think refs should have post-game press conferences? I would love it, and I would love that the if the people asking the questions were the coaches and the players. I think just it, get it, right it, up in their grill, man. <laughs> imagine be, seeing that. Imagine having Keith oh, coming into that press conference hot, just losing his mind at you, dude. Oh yeah, it'd be awesome. I wish they did that when we played, because we <laughs> would have gotten into it, I'm sure. Yeah. But yeah, I I do think the ref should be held a little bit more accountable. Like in other professional sports, like NFL and NBA, you see a lot about it. Like not that long ago, the Knicks got sold on a game-winning call, like. They were called a, f- a foul from half court on a free throw. And, like, the refs came out and they said, like, we messed that up. That was our fault. And they take public credibility for it. And they, whatever, maybe lose a couple games that they ref down the line. But at least it's all sealed over and, like, amends are made. Whereas in the NHL, refs, like, highly influence a lot of games lately. Like, power play battles are where a lot of teams are, like, finding their mark. And... When you're just not getting the calls, and especially when the calls are wrong, it's frustrating. So I totally understand where the coaches are coming from. Um, I think the refs do need to be held more accountable. Even I wouldn't even mind like reviewing penalties like for some situations because it's been pretty pretty blatantly wrong lately with some calls. Yeah, I get I get when like coaches back in minor hockey or even with the Jennies or junior whatever league you're playing in, when you're complaining about calls and you come in after and you're kind of whining the coaches are like it's it doesn't come down to the refs we played ourselves out of it mm-hmm. blah 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 whatever i mean you're giving the team a 20 percent chance to score like most power plays operated around 20 25 if you're a not, good one not pittsburgh not pittsburgh fuck no and and the devils mm-hmm. oh my god worst power play in the league since january 1st jesus other stat guy going back um yeah i mean it, there needs to be accountability, I think, when, when there's a call, at least when there's a bad call made after the game to own up to it and mm-hmm. say, you know what, that wasn't the right call. Looking back at it now, that shouldn't have been a call or that should have been a call, whatever. Um, I think the players would respect. I know, obviously, there it's a split-second decision, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're in that position, you might have called it the same, right? You, you don't really know from a – it's so easy to call from a – fan perspective when you're watching on a TV yeah, and they're showing with 15 highlights replays, yeah. all slowed down, mm-hmm. right? So I just think there does have to be a little bit of accountability, though. And I agree. Yeah. 
moving along, Kuzi. Um, Wow, maybe one of the biggest downfalls in the NHL in the last couple of years, him and he Jack was, Campbell. He was one of the best players on their playoff run. When yeah. they went and won the cup finally, he was their dog. They Everything was on Kuzi. He put those guys like on his back for a lot of those games, and now look at him. Yeah, he just got... So the story that just came out today, he got sent down to the AHL, yeah. the Washington Capitals farm team, and he will be the highest paid player in the AHL if he does report... He's at seven point six million a year, I think, right now. Um, what the hell happened La- last year? He didn't play great. They kind of called it a one-off, and there was all the those uh, trade speculations yep. that he wanted out. And now he's got—he's not even a half a point per game. I don't think he's—he's he's looked brutal. Yeah, and now he's down in the AHL, and he's still making the bank. So I wonder if it comes down to like how much he really cares at this point. Well, yeah, if he doesn't show up, then the Caps can terminate his contract yeah. without any repercussions yeah. on a um, buyout penalty. So it's it's tough to see. That's Kids, if you're listening at home, stay off the cocoa. Stay, off the, cocoa stay off the slopes, boys. Yeah, that's, that's the... That's two guys in the last <laughs> week that bit the dust. Yeah, Adam Ruzica. Smelt the dust. <laughs> but yeah, two guys out of the league on speculation. Well, not speculations for Ruzica, but um, speculations that it's drug-related again and just kind of just discipline, like self-discipline off the ice for Kuznetsov. Like, there's been rumors and videos that surfaced in the past. Oh, so yeah. Well, everybody he, he was knows. suspended from international hockey, I think, for four years for a doping thing. Yeah, yeah for Kuz. So, so we, he's, no, he's no stranger to that, the old uh, Russian gas. You know? Yeah, he's been up Mount Washington a couple times. Yeah, he's visited. <laughs> Moving along, going back to the Toronto Maple Leafs, they just made a big trade. For Ilya Labushkin, um, Leafs trade a third round pick to the Ducks for Labushkin at fifty percent retained, and also a sixth round pick to the Canes to take on an additional twenty five percent of the salary. He was traded from Arizona in twenty twenty one to Leafs as well. He played thirty one games with the team, collected six points, and was a plus four. He also had one point in seven playoff games with them, uh, with Mark Giordano and Timothy Lilligren both out. There was. Uh, reports that they were talking uh, with the Ducks originally a couple uh, weeks before they made the trade about bringing him in. And then once Gio got, a, I think he got a concussion a couple nights ago, they were like, you know what, we need to pull the trigger on a defenseman. So they rushed up the uh, progress and they got him. Leafs, like we mentioned before, they're currently sitting at third in the Atlantic Division. Nolo, my question for you is, is this enough for the Leafs for a successful playoff run? It's it's not no. to me, no. Like, it, it just can't be, right? He's like, a 5'6 guy. He's, he's a 5'6 seed. Like, sure, he's going to help, but he doesn't – I don't think Labushkin makes Vegas. I don't think Labushkin makes the Colorado team that won the Cup that year. Like, when you look at the recent Cup winners, it all starts in the back end. Strong like deep and just all like skilled and rough D man. And I mean, Labushkin can go in and be that guy for Toronto, but he's the only guy doing it or one of the only guys doing it. They don't have the decor with or without him, in my opinion, to make a serious run. They have the offense. They mm-hmm. might have the best firepower in the NHL. Yeah. You see it every night. Like those guys are just studs, but the defense is where it lacks. And you touched on it yourself. The goaltending has been looking up, trending upwards lately, which is awesome as a partial Leafs fan. But the defensemen, man, like they just don't have it back there, and it doesn't help. They keep getting the injury bug at the worst time. It seems like 
I think Labushin comes and helps out and kind of holds back the holds back the tide. But um, in the end, I don't think he's enough to kind of push them to the promised land. I don't think he's the missing piece at all. Yeah, he's a guy that will probably play when people are back healthy during playoffs. He'll probably play 15, 16 minutes a night. Mm-hmm. Like, not nothing big for a defenseman. He's probably going to be in that 5-6 yeah, role. I would wait if I was the Leafs GM. Who's their... GM, the old uh, Calgary GM, right? What's yeah, his name? Brad Tree Living. Brad Tree Living, yeah. Giving up a third and a six for Labushkin. I would way rather have given up a second and a fourth for David Savard mm-hmm. on Montreal. He's got that type of Radko Gudis build, you. which you need in the playoffs. Yeah. Labushkin doesn't have that. He's sure he's he can he's an okay puck mover and. He's more of a defensive defenseman, but he's not a big body. He just got injured. He just got blown up mm-hmm. by Matt Ramp, and we'll get into him a little bit, taking the NHL by absolute storm since we mentioned him. But um, I don't like the trade. I don't think it does much for them other than just add a depth piece. He might not even be in the starting lineup when it comes to playoffs. If everybody's healthy. If everybody's healthy. So I think it's a so-so trade. It doesn't do a lot for them, but... We'll see. Another big trade, another right-handed defenseman that got traded last week, and a big one off the trade deadline board. Flames defenseman Chris Tanev off the Dallas. We were just pumping the Dallas Stars tires a little bit, but fuck, they added a big one here. Dallas gave up a second-round pick and a conditional third and a prospect, Artem Grushnikov, for Chris Tanev at 50% retained. Uh, The prospect that Calgary's going to be getting back is... A big left-handed defenseman, second-round pick back in 2021. Currently with the Texas Stars, uh, who he's playing with in the AHL. He has five points in 44 games with 32 pims. And the uh, the condition on the third-round pick is if they make the Stanley Cup final. So that's got a good chance mm-hmm. to go through. But, Nola, what's your thoughts on the trade? It's, it's a big piece for Dallas. Um, they're going for it this year. Yeah. I could see them making another trade as well at D if they really wanted to. So, do you think they'd go for another defender if they had to stock up? I think they would if they if they wanted to stock up, they'd do it. I mm-hmm. think this is the, their year. They got Matthew Shane, who's on a one year. He's playing great. He's near a point per game. He, I think he's at two million million dollars right now. Um, they only signed him for a one year deal, so. He's likely not going to come back next year. They probably won't be able to afford him. After no, the year he'll be had. he'll be looking for probably six seven. Um, yeah, definitely in the four five range at least. Yeah, and I think this is the year they go for it. I could definitely see them going for another player. And Chris Tanev, he's wow, he's a great defensive defenseman, one of the most underrated defensemen in the NHL. If yeah. you're looking at a stat perspective, he doesn't have much, but when you watch him, he is so locked down. He can play 20 minutes a night. And just keep keep you keep the puck out of the net. That guy's a mutant, man. He reminds me of Hanny. Yeah. <laughs> like that kind of style. Like not the most offensive player, which is fine. Teams need that D man that just stays home and just keeps the fucking puck out of the net. And that's all he does, dude. He eats shots for breakfast, lunch and dinner. And he'd put his face in front of a shot to like help his team win. Like you can tell the hearts there. You can tell he wants to go for a run. You can tell he wants a Stanley Cup and him going to Dallas kind of took me by surprise, to be honest with you. I my prediction was they went to he went to Edmonton to kind wow. of slide in with Darnell Nurse instead of CC. I remember we talked about this yeah. last week, but that didn't fall through, and I was like I said a little bit surprised. But 
seeing him going to Dallas is it does get my my nuts tingling a little bit. Like I'm excited <laughs> to see what he looks like running guys over in the back end in Dallas. So I think that's a big piece. I think that's a lot more beneficial to the Stars' playoff chances than Labushkin was to Toronto's. That's for damn sure. Yeah, having Chris Tanev with Miro Heiskanen is going to be a lethal duo mm-hmm. there. So yin and yang, dude. That's going to be fun to watch in the playoffs when whoever they go up against. Yeah, and we'll touch on the uh, Calgary Flames prospect here, Grushnikov. Uh, I was listening to 32 Thoughts this morning with uh, Jeff Merrick and Elliot Friedman, and sounds like he's a, he doesn't do much offensively, like the stats that I said, five points in 44 games. But he's a big body, and he plays a Radko Gudis style, which is how uh, Elliot Friedman described him, I'm pretty sure. Uh, just a big boy, and up in Alberta, those drunk fuckers are yeah. going to love that. Oh, yeah. He, yeah, he's a big boy. He's uh, he's going to be good in a couple of years. I don't think they rush his progress. Um, he's going to continue with the uh, Wranglers. He's going to be playing with your buddy, yeah. hopefully, after the dub hopefully season after ends. The Bell. season. Hopefully he gets the call back up to the playoffs with them this year. That'd be cool. Yeah, so uh, moving along, big extension in Vancouver. Uh, we got a lot of Canucks fans listening to this, and boy, were they, uh, were they happy after hearing this news break. Elias Pettersson signs eight years, $11.6 million a year. Massive deal. I think it's they got a good deal with him. He could have easily got 12.5, close to 13, I think, if he was really trying to push it. 11.6 takes a little bit of a discount, which... Especially um, with the cap going up. Yeah, he's he if he stays for all eight years, he's going to go down as a legend in Vancouver. Absolutely. He's already a fan favorite. Everybody loves his two-way game. The they way love he, the Swedes in Vancouver. They man. love him. Hank and Daniel there. Yeah. And Marcus Nasland, list goes on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, management really wanted to get this going. Um, there was reports last week that management was really not happy with the lack of discussion from Pedersen's side on an extension, and they reportedly had a trade ready to go with the Carolina Hurricanes, which was going to include Martin wow. Martin Nikes, Jesperi Kotniemi, and multiple high picks, likely wow. two first-round picks. So Jim Rutherford said to PD's agent, like, what the fuck are we doing here? What We got a trade on the board. Are, do, are you wanting to stay or not? So PD was finally like, you know what, let's let's discuss it. So 11.6, that's a great number for the Canucks. As but. a Canucks fan, are you taking Elias Pettersson at 8.116, or would you rather have whoever they would have gotten from Carolina? It's Martin Ekes and Jesper Cotton Um Ekes yeah, is great. Is good. I love watching Marty uh, Ekes play. He's... I've hit a couple bets on that guy. I love watching him play. Over uh, shots on goal, over block shots. Or just take his points. Usually it's around He's like that on 1. 1. 1.6 to 1 mm-hmm. uh, or 1.7 to 1. Um, Cotton Yemi, I, he's he's no. having a good year this year. I think there was uh, one point in the year, maybe 30 games into the year, where he was leading uh, the Canes in points. Um, I If Petey didn't want to resign then I definitely would have taken the trade because you can't have a Matthew Tuchuk situation where you're dealing with that in the off season and like this is the year where you want to go for it. You can't have any distractions where um, maybe it's not out to the fans, but in the locker room they mm-hmm. know PD's not coming back and then you got to 
hard seven game series against a Western Conference team, and it's just the the, the changes room, the dynamic in there. Exactly, the room's not the same. You got um, a situation that nobody really knows what's going on. So getting that done, PD hasn't played great the last couple games. Uh, they're playing the Ducks as we speak right now. Um, I think he's going to turn his play around. I think this is a big relief off his shoulders to finally get this done. One thing that really pissed me off about this was the media uh, with this. He said at the beginning of the year he didn't want to talk about an extension during the year, and then halfway through the year comes along and he doesn't. he's not talking about an extension. Everybody freaks out. Mm-hmm. He's doing exactly what he said he was going to do, and... I don't like it. Leave um, it to Canadian sports media to yeah, just blow just, everything out of the water, man. I know. So uh, those reports that we touched on last week that you brought up, um, yeah, I called bullshit right when it happened. And Well, man, if they were that close to getting him to Carolina, I don't think he wanted out to begin with. No, though. he didn't. That, that's that's, that's my, what you're getting at? That's my point. Okay. Yeah, like he didn't he, – he just – he didn't want to talk about a con- – like I, I think he wanted to stay uh, the big – factor in the summer with him saying uh that he didn't want to talk about an extension during the year was because he didn't know how the year was going to play out now they're looking now they're tied first in the western conference like things are looking up they got a good coach they got some cap room coming off next year with big boy tyler myers they're gonna have some uh free agent deals stars are aligning in vancouver man. yeah it's looking good so i think this was i think pd always wanted to stay um so yeah, we're as a Canucks fan, and I'm sp- I'm speaking on the rest of the fan base. We're happy it's the drama's finally over. Yeah, so, yeah. short lived, but it was exciting while it lasted. Yeah, um, I think uh, now's a perfect time to segue over to our Dante Paziak interview. Hey. Totally, dude, absolutely. So we're gonna send it over to our boy Paz, the Plunge Man, Dante Paziak. We love the guy, funny motherfucker. Um, you can see him around town buzzing around in his little Domino's car selling pizzas or doing other uh, unspeakable things with his buddies. But, um, yeah, we're going to send it over to Paz now. One thing that I wanted to add on uh, just before we send it over is we didn't get to talk much about his tips team before he came over to the Gens. So eventually we'll uh, we'll get him on again maybe in the summer or sometime next year. And he's going to have a couple stories over the summer and work in Domino's. Mm-hmm. So he's a, he's a great guy. You guys will like this interview. So, uh, yeah, here he is. Joining us now is one-time VIJHL All-Star, one-time VIJHL champion, one-time provincial bronze medalist, and is also an avid deep underwear sniffer. You please welcome to the PP3 podcast, Mr. Dante Paziuk. Hey guys, thanks for having me. It's quite an honor. I'm a big fan of the show. Oh, we've been waiting for this one, man. This is uh, this is gonna be a good one, Paz. Uh, thank thank you for coming on. Um, how you doing? I'm good, man. I'm I'm living the retired dream. It's a young retirement, but you know there's nothing wrong with that, and I'm loving my life. Yeah, how's school going? And what are you taking in school right now? Don't say uh, anything about that sociology exam. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, I'm I'm shredding up some general studies right now, just trying to figure out my life. You know. What program are you in? Bachelor of Arts. <laughs> oh, you're just taking general. Boy. You're, on the Braden, boy. you're on the Braden Ross. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, full, right with you, I'm full general studies, yeah. <laughs> so let's dive right into it. Um, 
So Nanaimo, local, played Nanaimo your whole life. Uh, talk about minor hockey growing up and uh, some highlights from uh, growing up in Nanaimo. Yeah, minor hockey was actually really sick for me. I got to play with really cool players. I mean, I got to play with Maddie Wood from... Yeah. We were obviously a year off, but like every year, every second year, he would always make the A team as the first year, obviously. And so I'd always get to play with him. And I got to play with other guys too, like Bame, Lavery, Murner, all those guys that are going to be and already are playing at a high level FMA. i got to play with them fma yeah there's lots of guys so were your teams pretty stacked every year like were you going up to uh provincials every year the island finals island finals every year like us and racket club we probably should have been to provincials more but sometimes racket club just had our number racket club always had good teams i, I think they're they're not racket club anymore though right didn't they move on to a different name or something no like that's that? still racket club. is it yeah. okay i'm just tripping um out. Yeah, you guys always kind of had a rivalry with them. Um, did you always play on the A team? Were you ever years on the B team? No, I played against you. I was always a B team yeah, first guy. Right. Yeah. So you remember playing against me and Ross and yeah. JT back in the day? Dude, little story. Biggest hit I ever <laughs> took was from Braden Ross. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to name names. He plays in the BCHL now. He's a captain of a team. Uh, no, but he threw a little suey <laughs> up my feet, and Braden Ross took a run from his corner to our blue line. I was probably 95 pounds at the time, and I literally landed on my head. It was the biggest hit I think I've, anybody's ever seen. I remember it, dude. <laughs> yeah. When was that in? Bantam? Or? I, I was a first-year Bantam. It was our, me and Ross's second year, and surprisingly, it was a clean hit. One of Ross's few, but he came in and just layered, lowered the boom on Paz. <laughs> but yeah, you were like maybe 100 pounds soaking wet at that point. Yeah, I remember I, I entered grade 8, and I was five foot three, ninety five pounds, and Ross was like, Growing up his little mustache already. Yeah, heavyweights. <laughs> a couple heavyweights. Yeah. So um, what year were you on the Nanaimo Clippers spring team? 2018-19. Okay. So was that Bantam? That, sh- that was after second year Bantam. Okay. So that was, Yeah, that was the summer going into midget. Summer going into midget. So I was looking at a couple players on that team, looking at the roster. You guys were pretty stacked. Uh, you had Maddie Wood who put up crazy numbers you had Murner, uh lavery yourself and uh, some other guys well, thanks for including me in there yeah. but <laughs> well, tw- you had 28 points it doesn't say how many games you guys played i think we played i think there was like because i think it only counts regular season games it, there was probably like 20 games i know maddie had or i bet there's 25 games but i know wood had like 115 points yeah so he had something this? stupid just via like oh, vib so what teams did you play against that was like racket club uh, the Thais, because they were Tier 1. I think Comox was Tier 1 that year. Juan de Fuca. So it was like another, like, almost minor hockey it, team? It was, it minor, was minor hockey. Oh, it was minor yeah. hockey. Yeah. So was it alternative to Nanaimo Clippers? No, it rep? was. Or was it? It, it? it literally was. Oh, it was. It was. Oh. That's just what the league's called. Yeah. That's, oh, okay. So the league just, I think, they, I don't know why, they just have it on Elite Prospects like, yeah. for some kids. Didn't somebody's dad pay to put their kids' stats up there, and now it's up for all you guys? Maybe. I, I have no idea. But, yeah, that was our second-year Bantam minor hockey team. I would have paid to put oh, okay. my stats if I had 115 in 25 games. Yeah, pretty crazy numbers. Um, and you also had Murner on that team. Um, Where Lavery. did he Murner? Yeah. Colgate. That's crazy. Colgate. Well, he's, a, like, he's like a super good student, too. So. Okay. Did it surprise you, like, seeing him commit? Because I remember he was, I don't know, like, he's always been a good D-man, but he's never been, like, where it was never a huge standout when he was younger, and then all of a sudden he just, like, grew into his own? Was it all the Power Edge Pro with Lifty? <laughs> no, honestly, like, to be, like, 100%, I think he just, he just, like, worked at it, and he just kept getting better. That's fair. And, like, 
Yeah, he just kept getting better, and he works hard, and he started to log a ton of minutes, mm-hmm. like he does now, and he's a really good student. Yeah. So it surprises me. Recipe so. for a yeah. scholarship, basically. So it's like you basically get into any school. Yeah. So if the school offers you, then right on. Grades are never an issue. Yeah, That's and he's so. also on that uh, 2020 COVID tips team. Yeah. Uh, so that would have been your first year midget? That was minor midget, yeah. So talk about that a little bit. I know some of the Jens boys like Nolo and Pause and maybe Herc came down uh, after our season got oh, cancelled. Oh no, Herc was up in the Western. <sighs> yeah. Well anyway, there there's a couple <laughs> tips boys that went, but talk about that team. You had some pretty good players, like the players you just um, talked about on that Clippers team. It seemed like a lot of them went to that uh tips team so what do you guys was just practices what do you guys do um like that would have been like like the full covid year the, yeah like when there was no games yeah when yeah, the, that, we played i think the gens played like not right, like 12 10, games yeah, that yeah, year yeah. or something like that yeah so that team was like super stacked like we had bame maddie wood carlson lavery Blake Pat, we had a bunch of guys stacked so we were stacked unfortunately we didn't get to play any games we only got to play against uh South Island. I think we played six games that year. I know Lavery had 17 points <laughs> and Wood has 60, and they played online. And then I got to play on their line for like two games and had like six or seven points, whatever it was. No big deal. But just because of them. A couple really. phantoms. It was just them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just make an outlet pass. A couple hurricane apples. <laughs> but yeah, like that team was super stacked, so it is a shame that we didn't get to. What were practices it. like? Were they kind of, were people showing up just kind of no, dogging it, or were, were they intense, pretty, man. they were pretty intense? No, yeah, we had a group of guys that, like, all wanted to progress, yeah. and, like, guys that, like, Bane that were drafted. Like, he had a dub team to make, so practices were, were hard. Yeah. yeah. We, we worked in practices, for Funny sure. Funny story from that. So, Caden Tremblay. Yeah, I was about to say. Caden, Caden Tremblay. Tremblay was on that team as well. He's now, he's been playing on the Bulldogs up in Alberni in the BCHL for a couple of years now, and he's an 05? Yeah, 05. Yeah. So, he he was, like, either too young to be on that team, or he was a first year. And um, after the gen season ended, me and Pose went down to skate with the tips for the rest of the season. And I remember Ben Walter, who was coaching us at the time, um, he just told me, like, because I was obviously kind of more filled out than a lot of the guys at that point. <laughs> um, he told me to just kind of, like, go hard on, like, Tremblay. Like, the practices were not just, like, flow and scrimmage and stuff. Like, he had us battling every day and, like, coming back down. The practices with him were more intense than what we were doing with the Gens. Wow. And I remember Ben Walter telling me to, like, as soon as I got there, to just kind of stick on Tremblay. And just give him a hard time. And then in our last scrimmage of the year, we were having like an inner squad game. It was actually pretty intense. Like we had full gear. Like we were we were playing hard. And me and Trombley squared up and fought. And he was a 15 year old. And we we had a fu- we had a good fight. What you were 17 at the time? I was yeah 17. He was 15. And we had a fucking good tilt. It was Lifty was fired up. Yeah, like just to add on that, actually, I would argue that that year was like my biggest leaps from a developmental standpoint, even yeah. though we didn't play any games. Like, you can look at my... What are my minor midget numbers? I have, like, eight points in 30-something games. You had eight points in 32 games. And then my yeah. last year in major midget, I was, like... 35 points in 36 yeah, games. Yeah, it was almost a yeah. point per game. Yeah. Like, I was old, older, but I just think it was a really big developmental yeah. year for Just me. the guys that were on your team, they yeah, pushed Yeah, and you. it was just, like, I don't know, Lifty was kind of the hard ass and made us battle, and Ben was just a really good skills coach. So yeah, just overall, and the good players I was out with, yeah. so overall that team really 
help me. Yeah, it was good. And so after that year, you continued on. You played your third year midget with the tips. Yeah. You guys struggled, but like, again, you have some like pretty skilled guys on that team. A lot of like the high end guys like Wood and Lavery and like those guys, like the super studs or whatever, they kind of moved on and you got to lead the team. Were you the captain that year or was it Windsor? Windsor. I weren't, I just weren't A. You weren't A that year. So you guys got to finish out your midget on that team. Um, and like you said, you put up like a way better stat line. And I heard from guys on that team that you were just kind of like starting to hate it a little bit. <laughs> Weren't loving it as much. And then at the end of the year, you sent out a, a Tom Brady retirement text. You told the boys like, Hey, thanks for the season, but this is it for me. Like it's been an honor. And then not two months later, you ended up right where you didn't want to be. So take me through the journey from retiring for two months and then winding your way up on the gens. Just kind of give us the whole rundown on how that played out. Yeah, all right. Um, wait, the Tom Brady text was like, it was more like gracious. Like, I was just thanking the guys, you know, for a good last year and whatnot. Yeah. But yeah, I had a ton of fun on that team. We made the playoffs. We got smacked against Northeast. They had a really good team. But then, yeah, I um, I was affiliating with the Grizzlies that year. I was going down for practices. I don't know. I played three games or whatever. Wood was on that team. And then nothing really developed out of that. And then I, uh, I went to... Cowichan's camp, nothing developed, and so, I don't know, I was just kind of, I was kind of sick of it, I mean, I don't know, I was just kind of burnt out with hockey, and so I decided to call it, but the problem was, like, I hadn't, like, enrolled in university, I just quit my job, and so it's like, I was just like a week there, where I just had nothing going on, and then Rick had been texting me all year, during my midget year, and then he hit me at a text on the right time, when, like, I had nothing going for me, and I was like, you know what, like, I know all the guys on the team, I know it's going to be a good team, like, fuck it, like, why, why wouldn't I go play yeah. and just play another year? That's honestly, like, the story of a lot of how we got a lot of our guys, it's uh, yeah, just like the old, Carly. just yeah. the old, fuck it, yeah. fuck it, let's play, play. Yeah, yeah, like, play, best fuck it decision I ever made, like, ton oh, of yeah, fun, dude. Yeah. yeah, we've asked every guest um, that we've had on the same question, so I'll ask you. Um, when you joined the team, obviously you knew a lot of the boys that were on there, but for the guys that you didn't know, like uh, the Tyler Garys and the uh, Carter Johnsons, uh, was it pretty cool to see just how close our team was and how uh, we all gelled together? Yeah, I think it was actually like, it was crazy fast how quickly we all clicked. Like, yeah. I mean, by the time we were like, um, I joined the team a bit late, but like a month and a half, two months in, like, it was like we'd been playing together our whole lives. Like yeah. it was, it was pretty special. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, it was a blast. And who did you pl- who did you start playing? Were you get right right on the PP one right in on the okay. first line <laughs> forward? The boost right up there. The new guy boost. Were you playing with CJ when you first hopped in? I think I played with uh, yeah. I think I played with Jacob Thomas and Carter Johnson. It's, yeah, that's start. a pretty nasty line right yeah, there. That'll do. And uh, looking at that year, fifty four points in forty games. You were named a All Star. In your first VIJHL uh, year, uh, how did you find the competition in the VI? And uh, yeah, against the I guess obviously the Buccaneers and uh, the Bombers are pretty. Um, they're struggling last year, big time. Uh, but against the better teams like the Comox, Glacier Kings, and the Campbell River Storms and the Cougars, how did you find it? Um, I thought it was actually surprisingly good. Like, I think our series against Campbell River was really good hockey. And mm-hmm. it, like, it wasn't very oh, – it was playoff hockey, too. That's what I liked about it. 
which is weird for me to say because, you know, I don't love hitting the corners. But <laughs> it, it wasn't was, a 4-1 series. No, yeah. It, and it was like a, it was like an on-the-wall. Like we went to OT, OT three times. Yeah. I think was it four games in a row we went to overtime? We went to OT game one, won the game two in regulation, and then went OT, OT, OT. Yeah. So four of the five games were decided in extra time. Yeah. yeah, and I feel like it felt like 90% of the play was on the wall. Like it was, it was a good playoff hockey. It was fast. It was physical. Mm-hmm. Both arenas got good crowds, oh, yeah. too, oh, which yeah. made it way better. It was definitely fun. I thought, yeah, I thought the competition was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember one of your biggest goals from last year in the playoffs, game six. We were watching in, uh, up in Saanich, and you wheeled down and just sniped. I don't remember if it was the go-ahead goal or the tying goal. Do you remember? Uh, Yeah. I think I do. I think it was 2-2 two, two or 3-3. Three, three, yeah. And then I scored. We went up one. Then they scored, That's and right. then JT, nice. Jacob Thomas, scored a snipe on the power play, short yeah. side high. Yeah. And then they scored again. And then went to OT. Yeah. I just remember thanks, it was... Thanks to my uh, turnover on the wall. Oh, yeah. Is that you? Yeah. Surprise, it wasn't Bob's. Ross. <laughs> Get Ross. the puck off tonight, Ross. <laughs> yeah, we're recording this prior to game two of the Jens Comox series, hoping for a couple pucks off the glass from that kid tonight. <laughs> um, yeah, sticking with the Jens. Um, so we went to finals. You had a really good playoff uh, round with us 13 points and I think it was 16 games with us uh, and then we go off to provincials and you stayed with the captain Mr. Sean Brendelin. Uh lots of stories about that guy tons of stories uh, but there were a couple funny incidents with uh, Sean in your room we won't get to all of them but yeah, how, was, <laughs> how was uh, how was staying with that stinky son of a bitch well, my first impression when I get in, so Sean got into a room earlier, or I had just dropped off my bags, and then like went to somebody else's room, maybe Carlson's or somebody, just say hi, and I I was maybe gone for thirty seconds, and I get back in the room and it stinks, and the bathroom door's fully open, and Sean has stripped buck naked just to take a shit. <laughs> he was fully naked just to drop one. I couldn't believe my eyes. A little housewarming gift. Yeah. And he has the door open, just waiting for yes, you to come in. the door's open. He's just on his phone, and he, will, and he go, and this is where it started, and he goes, hey, Rumi, <laughs> and he just looks at me, and I'm like, oh, no. I'm in for such a couple nights here. Oh, dear. Might have been the longest week of your life. You guys seemed like you had a blast, though. (laughs) No, like, honestly, yeah. Like, Sean was super good, though. He was fun. Yeah. Who was your favorite character on the team in the dressing room other than Sean O? There's so many, man. There's so many. Um, Like, CJ sometimes with his little, with with the the little, uh, just little things he'd do. Showing up at 5 o'clock in pajamas. Yeah. (laughs) Carter Johnson, by the way, people listening. The worst dresser ever. (laughs) He would show up to our practices with lumberjack sweats on, a white wife beater with pizza stains on it, and a peacoat with his red angel's hat, and he would stink, and we'd go, when's the last time you showered? And he'd go, well, I've only worked three days in a row. There was, I remember, it was during, I think it was just before playoffs started. There was a week stretch where he maybe showered twice it was when he was sick oh, yes. Yes. He goes, yes he goes dude i'm sick i haven't been doing anything i've just been having fevers and sweating in my bed i don't need a shower it's like that's when you need it the yeah most. are you <laughs> sure disgusting <laughs> still oh. managed to put up a hundred and something oh yeah. oh yeah he's a hell of a player okay yeah back to biggest creatures um oh, there's so many creatures now well like 
uh, characters. Uh, like Van Hark is is, yeah. is actually a tough to beat. Yeah. yeah. Carlson on some nights is tough to beat. Yes. Even when you get a good dice night, it's spectacular. A good dice night is awesome. Because <laughs> well, he doesn't get too stupid though. It's more just like wild. Like yeah, not too it's time stupid. to go. It's time to go crazy. Not too stupid until there's a cab pulling up our driveway and dice butt <laughs> naked saying hi with his dong. <laughs> I guess I should rephrase that. He's not too. Um, uh, he doesn't get angry drunk. You'll never see Dice angry drunk. You'll it's never more see so him chasing Ross around the kitchen like Carly. a lot of woo by Dicer. Yeah, he loves it. Love Dicer. I got tight with Dicer last year because he's so cheap, man. That he would, uh, I'd, I'd have to come and pick him up for every practice because we live not everyone. And then, but listen to this: if if I ever couldn't drive, I'd say, "Hey, Dice, can you drive tonight?" He'd be he'd be so cheap. He'd be like, "Are you, are you sure we have to go?" <laughs> like come on man that guy hated practices oh yeah that's like this year when we picked him up for the box for like the last quarter and dice's original agreement was like two or three we have our four practices a week and it slowly dwindled to maybe i'll make it to one i remember this one morning we had a, a 6:45 start i go into dice's room guy hasn't even started scratching his ass yet his alarm's still buzzing i'm like hey dude we gotta go to practice we're already late Rolls over, looks at me, says, I'm not going. Rolls over back to sleep. Guy does not like to practice. No, nobody's tougher to get out of the house than Dice, man. I remember, like, I'd show up and I'd text him eight times here. <laughs> then I'd have to FaceTime him. Hey, man, I'm here. And then he'd be like, oh, oh, I'm just waking up off my nap. I'll be out there in 10. <laughs> Disaster. Well, talk about this morning, Nolo. Oh, God. So this morning... um, me and Dice last night, we were playing Fortnite till like 12 o'clock. We both had 8.30 classes this morning. So I go, we, I say to him before we go to bed last night, I'm like, hey, dude, like if one of us isn't up, like make sure the other guy's up. And we're like, yeah, yeah, sounds good, night. Woke up this morning. I got up at my alarm, and I'm going, going to the bathroom, and I hear Dice's alarm still going off. I poke my head in his room. I give him the old, hey, Dicer, school in half an hour. You coming? You getting up? And he looks at me, and he goes, Eyes still shut, stares at me. Oh, why does my alarm never go off? <laughs> and then he goes, I'm like, are you getting up? He's like, uh, no, I probably won't make it. This is like, this lab's only worth 8%. I guess I won't make it. And then I'm like, all right, man, I'll wake you up for your, your next one. And so I'm, I'm in the kitchen and whatever, I'm making breakfast. Go have a shower. Poke my head back in about 9.15 for his 10 o'clock class. His alarm's still going off. Hey, Dicer, you coming? You're, it's almost time for your 10 o'clock. Rolled over, exact same expression on his face, eyes shut. Huh? Oh, well, it's only motor learning. <laughs> Back to bed, came home, and he was, he was alive. But, yeah, it's, a, it's an everyday thing trying to get that guy out of, out of bed or the house. We actually sometimes. have uh, Evan Dice here with us right now. So, Dicer, do you want to comment on that? Is that true? Yeah, so, I mean, I was a bit of a liability this morning. Um, like, so, yeah, my alarm my alarm didn't go off, or I don't know if I slept through it. You just through, through it. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> anyway, so Nola woke me up at 8.15. My class started at 8.30. Usually takes me about 25 minutes to get to class in the morning, so I'm like, it's just one prof that just reams me out when I'm late. And Good so time. I was like it's kind of like a risk to reward. Like, do I show up and 
my prof absolutely gives it to me for being late or just do I just not go? And I usually take that route if yeah. I'm like <laughs> an 8.15 wake up. Been there. And then uh, second class isn't didn't mean much to me missing. It's kind of just, I don't know. Last week, one of the questions he asked us was, what's the difference between a newborn walking and an adult walking? Like, fucking wake up, right? Well, what, like, well, what is the difference? <laughs> well, obviously, Nolan, one of them's uh, muscles have have adapted as they've grown old obviously obviously so uh yeah well thanks dicer quite ridiculous there. Well, thanks you. for coming on dicer uh, again back to paz um so you had you drove with dicer for most of the practices um were there any funny stories other than him being late a ridiculous amount of times was there any good instances with him um I feel like we we always had a funny conversation. I mean, I can't really remember any specific ones off the top of my head unless he can. Um, I don't think so. No, they're just always really outrageous. Yeah, they're really they're outrageous. Usually conversations. <laughs> yeah, actually, another funny dice even in the house. We were getting ready to go to a game. We got to catch the bus, and Dice was in a brothel of pictures. He couldn't. Every family member that he drove by, I don't know if it was a new suit or something, was taking pictures of it, and his grandpa was standing there for 10 minutes taking pictures of him, dude. <laughs> Trying to get him out the door. Another funny story about Dice's grandpa. The other day, we were playing in Lake Cowichan, and Dice's pa loves to come up to our games, him and his mom. And um, so Dicer takes a stupid two-minute penalty slash the goalie. <laughs> and Paul likes to sit up in the warm room. For those familiar with the Lake Cowichan Arena, there's that warm room with the glass. And I see Dice go to the box, and Troy's not too happy, our coach. And then I see his grandpa stand up in the warm room and walk down the doors and make his way down to the penalty box. Gave him the old tap-tap on the glass. Evan goes, I see Evan's look on his face. He's like, oh, fuck. And Evan's grandpa walked all the way over to the penalty box to give him shit just like they would have done back in Adam and Pee Wee, dude. It was pretty fucking hilarious. <laughs> so, uh, enough with the Dicer story. This guy's getting enough yeah. enough clicks. Um, so, Paz, we talked about uh, the Gens team this year going off to Provincials, staying with Stinky Shano. Um, when the season ended, here it is. When the, when the Gen season ended, did you know that it was your last hockey game, or how how was your uh, mindset going into the off season? Um, well, right after the game, I thought like, oh yeah, I thought I was done for sure. I um, I ended up playing with a different team for like a couple of games. Well, playing, I'd play like one shift a game for a couple of teams. Is that with the Clippers? Yeah, for yeah. Like a couple of games in the playoffs. But yeah, like I knew, uh, yeah, I kind of knew that was it for me. And so, like, obviously, I want like that last game. I wanted to go out and play hard for like you and all the O2s. Yeah. That you know that was it for them. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I thought like you know go out there and play hard for myself too because I knew it was probably my last game. Yeah. And how was your experience with uh, the Clippers? You touched on uh, before you came to the Gens. You were APing with the Grizzlies, and then uh, you played a couple games with the Clippers last year. How was the BCHL experience for you? I know it's quite different when you're an AP, not getting too much ice time, but just being around those guys, practicing with them, uh, was it an eye-opener to see what the difference was from a junior B level to a junior A level? Uh, yeah, the biggest eye-opener was probably when I was in midget, like when I first went out like with the Grizzlies. like That was an eye-opener. So I'd kind of practiced for a year, and so with the Clippers it didn't. It wasn't too much of an eye-opener. It's always a obviously a pace change 
from what I was used to last year with the Gens. But, I mean, I don't know. It was just a lot of fun. It's just always nice to, you know, get a call and go get to play at the next level, whether that's for 30 seconds or six minutes or whatever it was. Yeah. And, like, all the guys on that team were nice. And so, yeah, I thought it was a good experience. Yeah, we were all fired up when you got the call up. Yeah, and uh, going to your first uh, playoff game, that was it was a pretty uh, rough bus ride home for the guys uh, <laughs> coming back from provincials. There is a story we need to get to with yeah. Mr. Paziak. So after our last game, we got uh, the coaches were um, kind enough, and the management with the generals was kind enough to book an extra hotel night for the guys so they could get the green light gave the boys the green or the green light and revelstoke to get after it before we had to go back home keep so, in mind that our bus was at 8 a.m the next morning so we get off the ice boys are boys are still sad and uh the o2s like myself were still soaking in the moment but we're like you know what it's time to go live it out we had a good go and uh this, there's no better way to end the season so a couple of o2s go out for uh, dinner, like myself, with uh, their parents, get a couple drinks, and then uh, me, Carter Johnson, Braden Leary, Shano, and uh, Ethan Hawes, I think those were the O2s, we come back to the hotel room, and the other boys have already started getting after it. They, they had a couple drinks, and they're letting loose. We so we walk into one of the rooms, <laughs> and we see Dante Paziak in his underwear, just going bananas like it's it's the green light for this kid this and in the middle of last it, game in the middle of it he finds a plunger in the hotel bathroom no. puts a drink <laughs> in the plunger and starts shotgunning out of the plunger this guy was doing plunger shots in a sandman hotel plunger just disgusting the amount of Oh my god! I don't even want to think about I'm it. I'm feeling. But... I'm feeling like this is a bit exaggerated. Let's not keep. Let's 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 hear let's it. Stay let's away hear... from the plural terms. Let's let's hear what uh, your side of the story. I'll tell you my side of the story. So I'm in that room. We're all just hanging out, have after a win, and I don't know who it was, but somebody goes, or I asked somebody for a beverage, and uh, they go, "Yeah, I'll give it to you if you go drink out of that plunger you found earlier." <laughs> And I said, you know what? Deal. <laughs> and then the rest is history. Yeah. So you put a full drink in the plunger? I put about I put about a third to a half. Yeah. Yeah. And did you get sick at all after? Like when we got back into no. Nanaimo from Rebel Stoke? No, I I think it was good for me. <laughs> I think it was a bit of an immune boost. I haven't taken vitamin C since then. You're the plunge man <laughs> forever now. So uh with the Cl- how many games were you with the Clippers after that uh, Revelstoke? Trip? After Revelstoke, I played two games with them. I was on the road forever. Like we were in Revelstoke for like a week. I got home, slept one night, and then headed to the ferry terminal, and then went over for two more nights in Chilliwack, and then that was it. And you didn't you didn't play much with uh, the Clippers? No, I um, no, I uh, I played like two shifts in the third, the first game. Uh, of the playoffs, and then I, I, I think I got healthy. Actually, yeah, I went out, I went out for warmies. Healthy does an AP. I went out for, <laughs> for warmies. This is actually funny. Um, yeah, I went out for warmies, and they um, coach comes in, and he goes, uh, "Hey, Dante, come here for a second. He goes, uh, "I think we're I think we're gonna give uh, another guy a chance here," <laughs> and, I, and I and I was like, 
Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> and so I just, uh, yeah, I went up in stance, had myself a, a Nolan Wyatt special dog. Oh, okay. And I just, uh, yeah, I sat up there and watched the game. Oh, yeah. I mean, look, I mean, meals were paid for the whole weekend, so, yeah. like, it so was fun. basically went on a nine-day road trip. Yeah. Yeah. Bad gig. But, yeah, I was, I'm still grateful. Were you annoyed clips. a bit? Like, obviously not playing much. You get called up. You could be at home sleeping or hanging out with the boys instead. Well, that was You're our in... banquet night. Was it? Yeah, okay, it yeah. Which our banquet night was pretty fun. So getting healthy scratches and AP, that's gotta be a tough so was it annoying at all for you? It must have been. Yeah, it was it was kind of annoying. Um I don't know, I mean like I'm not gonna play much regardless. And I feel like like I don't wanna be soft, but I feel like if you're gonna bring a guy along as an AP that isn't on the team, like he can probably expect to at least be in the lineup. Yeah. Or else why 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 bring a guy that isn't part of the team along? You know yeah. what I mean? But I mean it is what it is. Unless so. you just need like a morale guy like us bringing Matthew Spencer Dahl on the bus. <laughs> yeah, like unless dollar, it was a bill. Come here, Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. So uh now that you're done playing hockey, you're going to school, have you picked up any interesting hobbies? Anything cool? Um no, nothing. Nothing's really changed. Nothing. I mean, my my hobbies have always kind of been the same. I because like, you played lacrosse growing up as well. Yeah, didn't yeah, you? I played lacrosse. Were you a good lacrosse player? I know you. You went to the ND Academy, right? I or was. No? I was a decent player. Yeah. Yeah. Keep it modest. No, I, 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 that's what it was. I was just a decent player. Yeah. But um, my hobbies haven't really changed. I mean, I fish in the summer, and I usually played hockey. I went to school in the winter, so I'm basically doing the same thing except I. Uh, no hockey. No hockey. So, except I. Uh, I plan a. Uh, or I did. Season's over now. Played in a uh, competitive touch football league. Nice. Yeah, I'm a lethal slot receiver. In Nanaimo? In Nanaimo, yeah. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> so now that your hockey career is wrapped up, um, you've taken your talents to Domino's. You're the um, the south side of Nanaimo's number one delivery driver. I always see you with the, that Volkswagen buzzing around with the Domino's slapped on the roof. So... I know you've told us some stories, but give us a couple like crazy Domino stories from your from your experiences being a delivery driver. All right, yeah. I mean, the first the first and most obvious one is I uh, I show up to these people houses, man. It's a bit of a dicey little house. Um, I get to, I knock on the door, and this guy is like super high, super high, bong in hand. Uh, I'm like delivery for Jordan or whatever his name is, and he goes. Yeah, that's me. And he just kind of stares at me for like 10 seconds. And then I'm like, so how you paying? He goes, cash. And then he goes, hold this, hands me his bong and goes, dude, feel free to rip one if you want. <laughs> and then um, and then goes and grabs some money and I just put it on the ground. And I'm just, I, I couldn't believe my, my eyes after yeah. that. Then he didn't take him up on it. No, I didn't, I didn't take him up on it. Did he, he ripped a hoot in front of you? Yes, he like, stared at me, ripped a hoot, and then just kept staring at me. And then I asked him how to pay, and then he went, uh, cash. Here, hold this. Dude, feel free to rip, a, rip one if you want. And I'm just like, all right, man, what's going on here? <laughs> yeah. Is that a pretty daily occurrence? Like me, I, I mean, not that exact story, but meeting some tweakers or some absolute weirdos. Yeah, I mean, like, if you're not from Nanaimo, you wouldn't know. But if you are from Nanaimo, you know, like, Fifth Street, Harewood, yeah. like, 
Yeah, there's some special individuals that are ordering from Domino's University Village <laughs> late on Monday nights. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, uh, yeah. Selling their bodies to pay for those pizzas. <laughs> I hope <Yeah>. not. <laughs> um, anything else? No. I. Do you have any questions for us, Paz, before we wrap things up? Um, I, uh, let me think here for a sec. Um, I don't think so. No. Anything else? No, I think we'll leave it there. I think we wrapped it up. I think we uh, touched everything and, um, thank you again for hopping on. We appreciate it. No, thanks for having me. This was fun. It was a blast. So thanks for coming on, but yeah, we'll definitely chat in the future. Get you on again here with some more domino stories. Oh yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah, before we let you go, um, VI championship prediction, go. VI championship prediction. I'm going to go with the Oceanside general. Boom. There it is. Hometown hero, Dante Paziak signing out. Thank you for tuning into this interview. Have a good one, everybody. Yeah, and a round of snaps for our boy Paz. Another great interview with one of our boys. Um, definitely a classic. Um, that guy's full of stories, like we said beforehand. We missed a few things that we'd love to go over with this guy. Uh, we touched on him, kind of the basis of him, but there's a lot more to get to know, and I'm sure you guys would love to hear it. But yeah, thanks again, Paz. It was a pleasure having you on. So now that we're done the interview, let's just kind of wrap it up here with some little bit of NHL and some VIJHL talk here, uh, Keezer. Yeah, um, one of your ex-competitors that you played against on the Okanagan Rockets back in your 1920 uh, year or 2019-20 year, Zach Funk. You just signed a three-year deal with the Capitals. He has 99 points right now in 58 games against the uh, with the Prince George Cougars of the Dub. Um, and I understand you have a little bit of a funny uh, story with beefing him in yeah. the team. Well, I mean, fuck, man. Everybody that played on that Silver Tips team with me hated this guy because he just ran our show and he knew he was good. Like, there's players that are good and go about their game, like, just how they play, and there's guys that rub it in your fucking face every chance they get, and he was one of those guys. So the one story that rem- sticks out to me um, was we are playing in Kelowna at a showcase at the start of the season. Um, and we're down like Okanagan was stacked. A lot of guys on that team went on to play WHL. One guy signed, um, with the Seattle or not signed drafted very high in the draft to the Seattle Kraken, but just a loaded major midget team. And this one game we're playing and it's like 11, three. And I was feeling good. I think I had a goal that game and I just was like, I did, I had my guy. So I was feeling good and get into it with Zach Funk a little bit and we're chirping each other. And back then he was a bit of a meatball. Like his, his face filled up his cage pretty good. So I was chirping him for being fat. And this guy stops, like I thought he was out of earshot and he stops, turns around and yells like till like both benches can hear it. Buddy, I have more fucking points tonight than you have all year. And then 11, two or 11, three loss. I think he had eight points and I, I was at a cur- <laughs> I was at a whopping four at that point or something like that. So I just like, tuck my little tail between my legs and head over to the bench but no surprise man that guy's a fucking hound on the ice and like he has 99 points in 58 games with yeah, the cougars that's in yeah. the dub this year like that's that you just don't come he's, by i think it. he's top five in the league right yeah, now. yeah he's points. he's um 20 year old season and you look for 20s to kind of dominate in their last year if they're still in major junior and he sure as hell is and i guess the capital has decided to throw him a bone and three-year elc is not a not an easy feat, so snaps for him, but all the guys on the tips team back home just fucking shaking their head that this guy signed. And he was pretty gross when you played against him. Yeah, he like, was just a fucking power forward that can, like, score from anywhere and just, like, 
out of nowhere just turn on the Jets. And I'm sure he's the same way now. I have obviously haven't got a chance to see him play live, but his numbers can't lie. So it's no easy defeat to be like almost two points per game um, in the WHL right now. So yeah, I mean, you played against him. Uh, same we're looking thing. at his stats right now: 51 points in 29 games. Yeah. Also had a 102 penalty minutes so yeah. he had a bit of fuck you to his game yeah he's like i said he's gritty and i'm sure me and him has had a couple trips to the box together but yeah 51 points in 29 games he he didn't play all the games that year because he got called up to the cougars okay back then so he was playing in the dub at a young age as an ap so anyways yeah but speaking on the better junior junior league than the <laughs> dub now the vi playoffs are well underway the first round man it's fucking electric it's kind of going right as we kind of thought it would dude um the only real surprise to me is just how bad Sanich is beaten up on West Shore yeah um like I said out of the south not a surprise to me that Vic is kind of rolling over Peninsula um tonight um we're filming this on Sunday they just finished up game three I believe and it was a very convincing seven nothing spanking from the Cougs at home um Penn's down in the 3-0 hole West Shore's down in the 3-1 hole and Looking over to the north, man, um, things are knotted up in the CR uh, and Kerry Park series. Like you and I both said, we talked about this. Like this is gonna be a this is gonna be a fight. This is gonna be a war. And Storm take an early two nothing series lead, both pretty handedly. And then out of nowhere, the Kerry Park Islanders pulled up their pants and said, "Fuck it, we're going to we're going to battle with these guys." And big two wins um, kind of have the storm on their heels right now. So that's crazy. And I'll I'll hand it over to. Your, your pick for the champions. Um, tell me about the Comox Oceanside series. It's been great. Uh, I haven't had a chance to watch the game. I'm going to have boots on the ground Wednesday, though. I'll be there. Yeah, we're, we're, we'll have boots on the ground for the uh, uh, Oceanside Comox game in uh, the Howie Meeker Arena on game Wednesday four. night. That's a big one. Uh, Jens are up 2-1 right now in the series. They, first game, I think they're probably just a little bit nervous. Um, yeah, you're playing against a big mean Comox team and now they've won two two games in a row they're from what I've heard they've looked they've looked really good this especially this last game last night JT coming back from suspension as a hat trick Tyler Gary's been playing great on that team Curly Ross the team in points oh yeah you got uh BR 1-9 playing great Ross um, with a four points in three games too the guy shows up when it matters yeah they're they're looking great right now. They got all they got all the momentum heading into Parksville. It's it's the swing game. Um, I was talking to somebody yesterday, and this game, the game four, is the most important game in the series. Most of the time, I think man. most of the times because you're either gonna go two two or three one either way because or be out or be out yeah or get swept. So. Um, it's a massive game for Parksville. I know the boys are going to be dialed in. Uh, Big Lems is going to have the boys dialed in oh, for yeah. that one. They're probably watching video tonight or something like that. They got uh, three guys at a point per game right now. Tyler Gary, Braden Ross, Herky, and JT. So the boys are buzzing. Um, I'm just going to – I'm Like I we wish, said, I dude. I hope they, they pull it through. Like we said, the boys that were there it. last year are going to are gonna show up when it really matters again. And so far, that's exactly what it looks like. And just to touch on JT's performance last night, like, come on. You just sat for six games, first game back, like three natural hat trick. Put, put the team put on your back, dude. Yeah. Put the team on your back. Anyways, 
cheers to that, Jimmy, because we were fucking loving it, checking the stats after that game. But yeah, like Keezer said, we'll be we'll be in in person to catch you guys. Hopefully, take away game four there against Colmont. So if you guys are listening to this, let's go, boys. Let's, let's fucking bring yeah, it. Yeah, dial the fuck in. What would Rito do? Probably be <laughs> up on the table right now eating kibble. <laughs> So I hope you boys are fired up, but um, yeah, that's the roundup right now of the VI. Yeah, let's. Uh, I want to get back to that KPCR yeah. series a little bit because we kind of just touched over that. It's a little bit of a gong show right now in the South. It looks like Sanich and Vic are going to be moving on, um, but CR KP, like you said before, we talked about it. It's going to be a seven-game mm-hmm. series. Um, Estabrook's been playing good with the Storm. Uh, the Clippies DeBoer. have been playing good. DeBoer's been playing good. He's always scoring goals. Mm-hmm. Um, four games into it, I think they play tomorrow night, I think, yeah. is game five. Uh, Tuesday. Is I it think Tuesday? It is. So, f- interesting story. I was working today at Kirby's, and one of the refs in the VI came in, and we were chatting. And he took a – he was telling me, like, there's another couple guys working today that play on the Gens, and – we were just all kind of shooting the shit with him. And he's like, listen, man, like I refed a game of you guys. I refed your guys' game three, Oceanside and Comox. And I just refed the Storm and Kerry Park game three or game four, whatever it was. And he said the intensity level in the Storm and Kerry Park series is far higher than the Gens Comox. Apparently it's wow. like, it's like a fuck you. Like those guys are playing like. It's they're playing for keeps out there in in the storm and Kerry Park series, which I is no surprise, man. I don't like, doubt it. Kerry Park, they get under your skins in one night. Like imagine having to play them seven times. That's why they're it's so tiring, scary man. to me, man. It's tiring. Um, yeah, they've always had that mentality. All the KP teams mm-hmm. doesn't matter who's on the team. They bring guys who don't yeah. take don't take shit, and they're willing to take a couple penalties to leave their mark on you. Yeah. So. Um, it's going to be really fun to stay up with that series. Uh, Nola, I think you said, who was your pick for that series? I, I got KP in seven. You had KP in seven. I You're standing we, by that now? I'm standing by that. I was a little bit nervous seeing the CR handedly kind of give them two games, but um, I think Kerry Park must have went back to the drawing board and said, this is what we need to do. We need to stop their big dogs and, um, yeah, just put some pucks in the net. And that's what I mean They've been doing that. There's been no shortage of goals in that series. Uh, Colby Robinson is stepping up huge yeah, for the Cary Park Islanders. Games. He's playing great. 2005 born forward, seven points in four games like you just mentioned. Um, he's a local kid. He's from Shawnigan, and he's right now kind of leading the way in Cary Park. And to touch a little tire pump for our boys, Finley Klippenstein, point per game, two and two so far. Um, only four PIMs or only eight PIMs kind of soft. <laughs> and then our boy, Parker Klippenstein, PK23, four games, two assists, and a fucking whopping 22 penalty minutes. How are you doing? <laughs> Speaking of leaving your mark, this guy's leaving his mark all over Campbell River right now. Yeah, I love it. Um, he's going to do that all playoffs. And if the Gens go through and KP goes through, what a second round we have. KP versus the Gens. Oh, my God. I'm creaming my pants thinking about it already. The showdown. Clippy's back in town. Oh, man. It would be electric. And the Gens are not shy to physical hockey. It yeah. would be a bloodbath. And I would love to watch every game of it. Every oh, That could be another seven-game series right there. That's going to be an exciting one. We'll have to – we can't get too ahead of ourselves right now. Gens yeah. are – Gens still need two more wins, and so does Kerry Park. And yeah, like we know, in, Like we know in the playoffs, anything can happen, so – 
all the best to uh, both you guys. You got our vote, but yeah, keep rolling. Is there anything else you want to touch on with the uh, Cell series? Um, not necessarily. Obviously, um, I looked at the scoreboard, seven nothing. Like I said tonight for the Cougars and ten four for Sanich. Yeah, last night. Yeah, Ugh. just thrashings over there, and yeah. that's we were talking about it before the pod today. You and I like. A playoff run in the South is a little bit different than a playoff run in the North. Like, there's no, not necessarily the same home ice advantage there is in the North. Like, you're not showing up to the Brindy and worried you're going to get something poured on you from the beer gardens. Like, there's not a thousand fans rocking at the Meeker, just like blowing the place up. Like, they don't have that kind of atmosphere in those barns down south. So there's, there's really no home advantage. So I mean, I think Cougars roll, roll yeah, to like the we, sweep. We, we watched the, um, I think, bit of the game one. Yeah. In Victoria with the Cougs, yeah. and it looked like there was nobody there. It looked like they were going out for a practice. Like, um, I'm sure it's a bit of a shock for those South teams when they go up in the finals, whoever it is, and then they have to play game one or game two at a North arena because wherever you go but in the I North. Last year, Sanich had some nerves coming into our building. Because oh, big time. Game one, we rolled all over them, and game two, I think we did the same thing, and then game three, they kind of find the, found their stride after mm-hmm. playing in those, like, big loud buildings and i think that's kind of going to be the story of the finals whoever gets there this year it honestly is crazy that there could be two south teams in the finals this year yeah that's Carey a possibility with the new rules yeah. yeah um i wanted to just touch on peninsula but i'm still i still think they have a chance um three nothing up uh victoria is over them you i you can't count those teams out it doesn't matter what the you, you look at the scoreboards before you never know what's going through uh victoria's mind maybe they're going to take a step off maybe they're going to go in a little bit easy maybe they're going to have a couple cold ones all peninsula needs is to win one game and the momentum switches just like that if they if they come out uh tomorrow night they're playing in panorama game four so that could be the first round for out of the south done already mm-hmm. um they come out big and get a win at home. It's that's the it's a huge change. Like in the we series. said, dude, game four is the swing game. Yeah. Even if you're down three, steal one and then you're back in it. We did it in Penn. Yeah. Almost did it. Almost. We did definitely it. stole the momentum, but. Um. Yeah. I think. Uh, I think that's. I think pretty, we touched on everything. That's pretty much VI. it for that's, our VI roundup. So best of luck to all the teams. Uh, if any of you boy, we know we. I know we got a couple. A couple boys guys who in the VI us, listening. So. so um, yeah. Regardless of what team you're on or anything like that, good fucking luck, boys. Tear it up. Um, we'll be watching and we'll be back with you next week to bring you the VI roundup. Yeah, and uh, just to cap things off before we leave, if you haven't yet, please follow our uh, PP3 Instagram. We. Post a lot of polls and updates on interviews or who ha- who we have uh, as a guest coming up. So stay on with that. And uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Yeah, episode four, we got uh, a lot of downloads. We're we got a strong. lot of down. Yeah, we got to mention that before we leave, yeah. actually. 800 downloads through our first three episodes, 150 followers on the Instagram so far. It's, it's pretty cool to see... Um, how this is transitioning and not bad for uh two pp3 scrubs dude exactly next it's... thing you know we'll have our own vodka <laughs> <laughs> no <what> i'm saying <laughs> yeah it's 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 pretty it's pretty cool to see the support and the yeah. amount of boys that uh listen so thank love, you again to everybody yeah, listening. i love seeing it all the all the local guys like from the island and even people from elsewhere we can see where everybody's listening from and it's it's honestly every single listen every single interaction from you guys means the world to us like this is this is a lot of fun for us, and we hope you guys continue to enjoy it because we love bringing you guys kind of 
interviews and bullshit sessions with kind of guys you'd like to know about and yeah we appreciate you guys kind of hopping on from the ride from the beginning so cheers to that and uh and we're abs- all we're all before we uh officially uh go out we're looking in the summer we're going to be doing a uh, south trip at some time coming down to victoria uh that way and doing a couple of interviews uh we got a couple people who uh we've been reaching out to we got a couple big interviews actually planned for the summer so uh we're really looking forward to bringing you guys that and then we'll probably also be going down to uh noel's hometown campbell river there's a a lot of boys there that are good hockey players and have a good amount of stories and your buddies good buddies buddies with so we're looking forward to the road that we're on so thank you everybody for tuning in again and uh we'll catch you guys next week pp3 for life